Welcome to TW Now. I'm Scott Winnell. Parenting and grandparenting are each a responsibility and a privilege. These roles are arguably two of the most important a person will ever fill, with the power to positively or negatively impact future generations. Yet sadly, it seems much of our modern society is undermining our ability to parent our grandparent well. What can parents and grandparents do in order to be highly successful and truly great parents or grandparents? Are there keys or actions that can be taken to ensure success in a world that is bent on destroying the very roles that have been the undergirding of strong and successful societies for millennia? Today on TW Now, we'll talk about these keys, and to guide our discussion, we have with us two returning guests. Mr. Jonathan McNair, welcome to you, sir. It's good to have you back. Mr. McNair is a father of five adult children. He's a teacher and a writer who has spent much of his career teaching about godly parenting. Mr. McNair is also an experienced minister and church pastor. Dr. Richard Franz joins us from St. Louis via Skype today. He is a father and a grandfather. He's a pastor and a teacher who has also focused a great deal of his ministry teaching about marriage and family issues. So again, gentlemen, great to have you back with us. And Pleasure thank you be for here. being here and for being willing to share some of your experiences and what you have learned. By the way, before we get started, I would like to encourage you, if you've got questions or you want uh, some answers, some more answers, please message us. Also remember to like or share today's program, please. All right, let's go ahead and get started, gentlemen. Question number one for you as we launch into this discussion is, what are some of the challenges faced by parents and grandparents in society today? And Dr. Franz, let's go ahead and start with you. There are a, a number of challenges that we could address, but I'll just focus on one. And uh, we are in the computer age and computers are getting smaller and handy and more handy. And youth are being brought up now. My, my granddaughter just turned a year old and she's gonna grow up in a society that electronics is just part of the way of life for her. Uh, it keeps kids inside. It's not that that in itself is bad, but it keeps kids inside. They don't. They don't go out and play. They don't build snow forts. They're not playing king of the hill, uh, kick the can, or uh, playing down at the schoolyard and choose a game of baseball where they'll experience rejection. They'll experience um, leadership and followership. Uh, so they miss out on that interaction. And it really is, it's a challenge for parents because they're not, uh, they might not be home because of work. Uh, so they might rely on these things a little bit more than we should, but it's a challenge. How do how do we overcome that? Okay, yeah, interesting point to start with. the The challenge of technology is not something, as you pointed out, that we have had to deal with as much in years past, and yet it, it is so real and, and right in front of us today, uh, both for kids and for adults, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. And yeah, it's, it's it's not it's it's not getting easier. It's it's getting more difficult. It's getting more convenient. Uh, doing research for the program today, uh, parents were discussing on how they were addicted to their phone. Even the, from the parents' standpoint, giving their child a bath while they were swiping their screen, looking at their cell phone, um, it just it's just out of balance. It's uh, I don't know that we, we the society at large hasn't lost touch with. What, what was the priority when I had this child, and, and what should it be today? Okay. Yeah. 
No, that, uh, as he said, you know, uh, that's certainly true with parents as well as children, and children get their example from parents. Electronics is a huge, a huge issue. There, there are so many different areas. When you think about time, I mean, just think about the the crush. It seems like every, <coughs> you know, everyone is is uh, crushed for time, crunched for time, and um, so you have you have that. You have it seems like financially, it's harder and harder to to raise a family and the challenges. Think about what uh, college costs now and schooling. I mean, so that's a, a huge area. Um, I think about concern for their safety in schools or on the on the streets and whatever they do. You know, one of the reasons. That uh, I know with my kids that uh, I want them to have a phone is when they're you know they're out and about if they're uh, <coughs> traveling somewhere that they have the a means to contact uh, uh, someone myself or or whoever and it, it, for help. So you know s safety and security is a pro mm -hmm. challenge with our kids, and yet of course there are problems that go along with with the with the electronics. Mm -hmm. But it seems like there, there's there's an endless list. I I think fundamentally uh, the biggest challenge that the underscores is really the way we the way we don't value family as much to me that that's I mean there are a lot of ramifications of it but it's fundamentally we do not value I, I would claim um, family as uh, as much as we should what do you think that's an offshoot I'm sorry no you think that's an offshoot mr. McNair what you just said I, I totally agree it's an offshoot of society moving away from our relationship with God our Father um, so our whole value system begins to crumble around us. You mentioned that we're, we're pressed for time. Uh, is, it worth, uh, is it worth the time to have a, a two-income family? Do I have to be living in a $250,000 house that has uh, such huge payments that we both have to work? Uh, it, are, we, are we looking at the fundamentals of why we're even here? What, what's, going back to what's the purpose of life then? And, and, and our kids are kids a priority? The question would be, right, are kids a priority or not? And, 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 and I, would, I would contend, as, as you said, I would contend that as a society moves further from God, that our value uh, that we place on family falls accordingly. Because if we, don't, if we deny God, if we don't believe in a God, and God is the one who, who actually created the family, established the family, uh, really gave a workshop for exercising so many of his virtues uh, mm -hmm. and so much character, patience and long suffering and love. Mm -hmm. um, that the, the family is that workshop. We defy God, we ignore God, we forget God, and what happens? We focus more on the self as opposed to others. So I, I think a major part of the of the problem in terms of how we view family has to do with how we view God. Well, I want to dig in a little bit more. You mentioned how in your view, maybe we don't value family as much as we did before. Uh, would you say that most parents and grandparents would agree with you that they don't value family? Uh, maybe give some examples, some more examples of how they, how they may not or the, or the actions they take that, that don't value family as much. Go ahead. Go ahead, Rich. It's... Uh... <laughs> They value it, but do they, are they looking through the right lens? Um, the reason your mom and I have to work so many hours is for you kids. We want you kids to grow up with a better life. And that's why we're not home all day long. And, and, and that's why we're so tired at night to do anything with you is because we put so much value in you. We wouldn't be working this hard if we, if we didn't love you. Uh, so it's kind of a warped sense of value. 
Mr. McNair mentioned our relationship with God. Our relationship with God, you look at God and what has he done for us and how does he look after us as our father? And we have his book, his instruction manual, not just for our own personal edification, but how we're supposed to live life and get along with each other and take care of the children that he's given us. I, I agree. I, I feel like we can, we can say we value something, but, um, you know, where the rubber meets the road, it's what we do, how we spend our money, how we spend our time. And, and let's face it, uh, we can, I think we can, I think we can see from, uh, from entertainment, from uh, the, desi the materialistic forces that are part of us, that we put a whole lot more value in having more expensive, bigger, fancier, more impressive toys, mm -hmm. and uh, self, uh, what would you say, self-fulfillment than we do on, on, on loving and caring for the next generation. I think that, uh, that, that goes hand-in-hand -hand with even the fact that, I think I, I saw a statistic, almost 25% of children uh, below age, the age of five are raised and, and work with and managed by someone other than a parent. Mm -hmm. uh, so let's say, so as a society, when a quarter of your children under five are not actually hands-on with a parent, mm -hmm. that, that says something about society. We can talk about all, all kinds of different reasons, but that is reality. Mm -hmm. uh, Definitely. Let's move on a little bit. You've talked about a number of the different challenges that are there for people who are grandparenting and parenting today, what are some of the important keys to being a successful grandparent or parent in society today, given these challenges? Mr. McNair? The number one, okay. the number one priority has to be our relationship with God. It has to be our relationship with God. If, if our relationship with God isn't right, uh, everything else falls by the wayside. It's uh, it's we look to God for the success of our parenting and grandparenting. Uh, my son and daughter turned out the way they did because of the grace, by the grace of God. And my granddaughters can answer for how I'm being as a grand, granddad when, when they get a little bit older. But boy, if you don't have a strong relationship with Jesus Christ and God our Father, uh, everything else is it's, it's, it's a distant second. And uh, in today's society, that's not something that's promoted. It's something that's demoted, which looked down upon. Well, maybe you could connect the dots for us just a little bit more. How does a close relationship with God the Father then begin to impact parenting and grandparenting? And feel free now, to Ms. McNair. Now, we put our, now we're able to prioritize things in a godly manner. How would God have it done? And as we're, as we're putting God's word to practice, uh, that's, an that's teaching our children by example that God's way of life works, and that's what we're counting on to, to raise this family. And that's why I'm doing the things that I'm doing with my children, right? We, we, we base our decisions and our actions and, and our careers and our choices to have children based on God's word. You know, uh, as a follow-up to, to what you're saying, um, there's been a change in the last three, four decades, even in terms of of the of fundamental philosophy towards child rearing, uh, child raising children, caring for children, and uh, the change has has actually been very humanistic. In other words, uh, the human is at the center of it. So, for example, what what I'm saying is that it's a very child centered, as opposed to taking how we how we work with our children and and being guided by how we work with our children 
from what God says in his word, where God tells us that we need to help them to grow in patience and long-suffering and, and love. So therefore, what we do is we train them to actually not punch their brother, but be patient with their brother. Well, humanism says, no, the self is the most important. So, in, so now with children, for example, we want to do what pleases them. And so therefore, look, if it feels good to punch your sister, look, that's just you expressing yourself. Now I'm exaggerating a little bit, but that is a philosophy mm -hmm. that undergirds uh, modern parenting. And in terms of, let's say, principles that, uh, that, that, can, be, that can be worked with, uh, as you mentioned, looking to God for his guidance, really, as opposed to this humanistic, uh, child-centered approach, I think that's a, really a fundamental, important principle. Mm -hmm. Well, off of that point, uh, there's a gentleman named John Dewey who had a lot to do with our educational system. And, and his concept was to develop the personality of the child rather than the character of a child. Rather than, rather than develop obedience, rather than develop kindness and reliability and self-control, his whole concept was self-expression, mm -hmm. uh, that if they're outgoing and extroverted, uh, develop that. Um, if they're funny, if they're energetic, develop that. And it seems to have taken hold because um, we're not really after promoting uh, the character of, of the child that we're raising, mm -hmm. but we're after... Uh, almost making them feel good just about themselves and regardless what what's happening uh, in a world that around them. Well, that, that even drives what you were talking about before about being able to cope with losing, mm -hmm. being able to cope with discomfort. Because if it's all about me as a child and my, my own happiness and my own sense of feeling good, then dealing with any discomfort or dealing with loss or dealing with um, having to be embarrassed, or having to uh, do what I'm told when I don't like it. Any of the, those are all very uncomfortable feelings, mm -hmm. and uh, as as you're saying, uh, those uh, then go by the by the wayside as opposed to being something that can be experienced when you're young. So then, when you do face challenges later in life, you're able to cope. So that's, that's what you're saying. That's our walk. That's our Christian walk. As as we were counseled for baptism. We were told that we're picking a narrow path, a difficult way. God wasn't going to make it, get rid of all the obstacles that we're going to that we were going to face in our everyday life. Instead, God was going to use those obstacles to teach us lessons, to develop His holy, righteous character, and that's the same thing that parents would be guided to do with their children uh, if we're going to raise them in a godly manner to have that character developed that when we do face opposition, when we do face rejection, when we do face difficulties, uh, we don't turn and run. And, and especially, we don't call mom and dad the first time out. What we do is we use all our facilities and all the training that they've given us to now implement it and see how this works in our life. Hmm. So you're really talking about a, a philosophical difference in the way things are done today in God's way. Today, True. the philosophy of raising children oftentimes is, okay, uh, here you have a child, uh, let's unpeel the onion mm -hmm. and see what's inside versus mm -hmm. God's way seems to be guide them, mold them, fashion them, help, help them develop that character that then they can use to go forward in life. Absolutely. Let me ask you a, a question that just came in, and this will take us a step back, but I think it's important. The question is, uh, how does one determine what makes parenting, and I would add grandparenting, successful? Mm -hmm. Good mm -hmm. question. 
I think that, no, again, we can, um, this, this begs to get into specifics, understood. Uh, but, but really, the measure of success, again, should not be the, the happiness of the child. You know, it, it shouldn't be the good feeling of the child, just like for us. Frankly, it's the same measure for us. Mm -hmm. It's not about us feeling good. It's, a, it's about us measuring up to, to, the, to the character and the standards that God gives to us as our, as our goal in his, in his word. And so I, I don't know how you could separate it, frankly, from uh, those characteristics that identify us as being uh, good. And uh, and upright. I think the same characteristics. And they, and and let, let's face it, we read in the Proverbs, for example, a child is known mm -hmm. by his his actions. And mm -hmm. paraphrase. So a child can be known as someone who is honest, as someone who is uh, trustworthy. So a child can be known by those characteristics mm -hmm. as well. That has to be, as in my estimation, it, there's there can't be a different standard. Uh, it has to be the same standard certainly applied maybe in smaller, simpler ways, but the same standard for all of us. So is it fair to say then maybe a measure of parenting and grandparenting success is the, the quality of character that a child has as they grow up and develop into an adult? As reflected in, in their actions, their words, okay. their conduct toward other people. All right. What, what is the report that, the, what, what do the neighbors think of them? What, what is the report from their school teachers? Reputation. Um, Reputation, all a measure of uh, their character, like Mr. McNair said, their fruits, but their character. Uh, how do I measure a person's character? The same way I measure a child's character, it doesn't, doesn't really uh, uh, vary that much when I measure an adult's character. We look for the same qualities, certainly, and, and both are, are in the developmental stages. None of us have it licked. Uh, we, we go forward and we expect our, 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 our kids to move in the same direction that we're trying to move. We're trying to live, not just teach them God's word uh, in an academic sense, but in an experiential sense. Mm -hmm. That they're doing the things that's expected. As we do things expected from our Holy Father, they do things that are expected from their physical father. Okay. I might just uh, quickly add that, you know, that, that does reflect their relationship, relationships with other people, too. I was watching a, uh, a study, a, a, a video classroom uh, activity where the teacher was talking about the importance of classroom uh, between children and how they relate to one another being largely based on the self-discipline that they learn and that parents teach them, as opposed to allowing them to do whatever they want, whatever makes them feel good. When a child is taught to control themselves, they get along better with other kids. And so, so a measure, one measure of, of really, of, of character is the, how we interact with other people in a way that brings positive, um, loving relationships or um, dysfunction, hatred, uh, friction, and, uh, and that, that does become a measure, frankly, also of our, mm -hmm. of our development. And that's so important for later on in life. Mm -hmm. There's studies out there that say you could be technically savvy at the job that you're doing, but if you don't play well in a sandbox, you're not gonna last. Yeah. If you play well in a sandbox, you probably have longevity at that job that you're at. Mm. And to Mr. McNair's point, if, if they're not getting along with others as they're uh, growing in their formative years, the likelihood of them playing it's, it well in a sandbox when they're adults uh, probably doesn't exist. Let me 
come back to my question, um, what are some other <clears throat> things that parents, grandparents can do to be successful? And as we talk about that, let me read you a question from YouTube. This will sort of operationalize this question a little bit more. This is specific, but I think you can help. What, how, how can parents or grandparents overcome the potential barrier of um, coming from different perspectives religiously? So if you've got maybe one parent and, a, and another parent having different religious perspectives and raising a child, or maybe parents having a different religious perspective from grandparents, how do you overcome those barriers and still be successful in parenting and grandparenting? I think, I think there are so many ways that, uh, that grandparents, I'll, I'll use grandparents uh, as, as an, a specific here, can, can reinforce and support uh, their children and their raising of, of their kids that that don't um, don't come into areas of let's say let's say for uh, moral issues that have to do with with them being in any way rebellious towards God. In other words, I think there's a lot of territory in which a grandparent can help and can reinforce that would not would not come into conflict. Um, before you get in areas that there might be there might be conflict, mm -hmm. and I, I really think that um, the the ability for a grandparent to support uh, is 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 so important for parents. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's exactly right. It's it, if we're going with the concept that these both parents are have religious backgrounds, but they don't they're not in agreement with one another. There's still moral values that are more or less universal. As, as a grandparent, can I, can I interest my grandchild in reading? Uh, absolutely. Can I, can I help instill in them uh, uh, common courtesy, uh, the, the uh, appreciation for nature, uh, of being a confidant even to the parents, and, and reinforcing the rules and regulations that the parents already have in their home? Uh, I'm not the one that sets the rules and regulations for my children or for their children, but I should be the one that's reinforcing them. So. I could be of tremendous value as a grandparent to my, to my grandchildren's parents or my kids uh, by reinforcing the things that they already know that, that are more or less, I say universal, I know that might be exa not exactly uh, accurate, but uh, the gist of it is there's some uh, moral things that we could do as, as grandparents and helping children learn lessons, not just for today, uh, but for as well as and when they get into uh, adulthood. And, and I, I think that speaks to talking about grandparents and their ability or, or their, their mindset not to view themselves as being the fun one uh, where the parents are the bad guys. And I think grandparents can set themselves up in that way if they're not careful, uh, where, well, I, I know your mother doesn't like you to eat ice cream, you know, let's say, for example, or eat you know, this, a massive quantity of ice cream or something, but look, when you're with me, we can do this anyway. In other words, okay, maybe ice cream's not such a big deal, but what the, the message that is given is, I'm the fun one, we can do, do things differently, and it undermines what a parent uh, mm. might be trying to do. Well, if I can interject just an example, <clears throat> growing up, I had two sets of grandparents, and they, they, they were intact marriages, which was really helpful to us growing up. But one of the sets of grandparents really tried to reinforce what my parents taught, and the other set of grandparents didn't want to be conflicting. And so they were, they, oh, they were wonderful grandparents. They were very relaxed, very loving, but we knew we could get away with them. Mm -hmm. Growing up, though, 
we actually had more respect for the ones that supported my mom and dad's teachings and were willing to reinforce their teachings. Uh, we had less respect for the ones who were sort of more laissez-faire and, and more fun, if you will. Sure. So it was just an interesting right. legacy that was left. We loved and Absolutely. respected both of them, but uh, the ones that backed up mom and dad, there's a different level of respect for. And I'll bet you that uh, also that your parents appreciated that. I think as parents, uh, you know, parents really appreciate maybe more than uh, maybe grandparents recognize, but they they appreciate that support because it can seem like a sometimes with kids it can seem like it's a never-ending battle what do you say when do you discipline when do you not it just it's it's a, it's a constant challenge so to have someone else on your else on your side as opposed to working against you mm -hmm. um that's that's deeply appreciated by parents i think Definitely. oh yes it's it's no different than uh, everybody comes over for uh, a dinner and uh, you're left to clean up the mess after they leave. Mm -hmm. uh, you leave your grandkids with your gra with their grandparents <laughs> and uh, they come back home and uh, you're left to clean up the mess that the grandparents made. So it's, it doesn't make for a, a welcoming scenario that uh, uh, the grandparents are that, that, kind of, that kind of attitude or that kind of etiquette that they're building in their grandkids uh, wouldn't be really a, a welcome thing for them. You know, another part of, of uh, how grandparents can help and encourage and strengthen, uh, I would say also is in their, their willingness to give their kids, who are now raising their own children, so that maybe kids isn't really accurate, but uh, give their adult children, that doesn't work either, does it? But whatever you want to call it, give them the, give them the, the, the room to, to fail, to struggle, mm. to, uh, to be not perfect because there was a time when they weren't perfect either. And so allow them to be, be able to step back a little bit and it, being more encouraging than critical, I think that can be very helpful. Mm, oh, and that, that even translates out right into, into parenting their kids while they're kids. That, that, all, just replay the tape. That's exactly what we should be doing with our kids. And so we can be practicing with our kids while they're still under our roof. And then when they have their kids, we'll, we'll continue to do the same thing. We allow them to fail, not being critical, but being encouraging, uh, not being not being a, a naysayer, but pointing out positive. And what are the life lessons that they can learn? And, and plus, it's, it's a whole lot more fun when when you're not do your the investment that you have is going to be limited because of the time that you have with your grandkids. Uh, so. You, you want to make the most of that time um, and, and, and leave them in capable hands again when you go, not, not in resentful hands. Can you think of, along these lines, any scriptures, any Bible verses that sort of back up the idea of godly or parenting or grandparenting or give us some more direction in godly parenting or grandparenting? You know, the one that comes to mind so often for me is... is in Genesis chapter 18, where, I believe it's verse 26, where um, God said that of Abraham, he said, I have known him in order that he may, may command his children after him. In other words, God's design and desire was for Abraham to, to work with and train and encourage and make a priority his children and his children after them. So it's a, it's a godly value to, to actually 
um, desire to and be, I don't say excited because it's not something that you jump up and down about every day, but that you, you enjoy, you, you take meaning and joy out of after working with your children and, and enjoy who they are. That is a, that's a God-given value. And um, so I think that, that God's command to Abraham was, was full of meaning in terms of, of establishing a legacy, but also in giving Abraham joy in his offspring. Hmm. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's uh, Moses was teaching the children of Israel as they were getting ready to go into the promised land. Uh, you're supposed to be it's he didn't make it out to be a part time job raising kids. He made it out to be full time job that uh, rising up, sitting down, eating at the table together, um, uh, going out. All of that is uh, you're looking for ways and avenues that uh God's God's word and, and God the lessons that God has for us uh, could be exemplified, could be illustrated, could be lived out, um, and those are the things that really stick with a child as as they're maturing in years. Mm-hmm. We are starting to run out of time here, uh, which is a little bit frustrating. And we've got several other questions coming in from YouTube. And I'm sorry we won't be able to get to those today. It just makes me think we need to do another program on this topic and actually maybe use some of these questions as we go forward. As we wind down, what kind of ideas, what kind of final thoughts, takeaway messages would you like to leave with our audience today, gentlemen? I guess it's my well, turn. Well, go ahead. Go, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Dr. Prime. I'd say this, uh, and we, we didn't touch on it too much, but I, I want to I get this point out. Uh, don't give up your responsibility. Don't give up the privilege of adulthood to your children. Uh, growing up is easy, and there's not a lot of responsibility. The, the drawback of growing up, you, you shouldn't get to make all the choices. Uh, as an adult, we have the responsibility, and you could call it a burden, uh, but it's levied against the privilege of having some autonomy. You get to make the decisions. It's interesting. You get into conversations with some adults and they say, well, uh, I can't listen to the podcast. I want to listen to you because the kids want to listen to their music in a car. Uh, I can't come or I can't go out to dinner tonight because the kids have something to do uh, on TV tonight. Uh, Sally has a sleepover. I can't go to that restaurant. The kids don't like that restaurant. Certainly, the, ch- the parents should involve the children in making their decisions, but the children really sh- the, the children shouldn't be running the house. The, the parents should, and the, 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 when when that conversation comes up, and the, the children uh, say, "Well, what about us?" So well, you have something to look forward to when you get older. You can make these decisions, uh, but for right now, mom and dad want to do these things, and and you you follow along with us. Uh, because we're in charge, we're the adults in this relationship, as opposed to, well, I want my kid to be my best friend. Now, don't give up the responsibility of an adult or, or of a parent and, and put that on your children. They're not ready for that. They're not made for that yet. Um, let that time come when it's appropriate. And they're going to learn through that process of learning to follow and respect decisions too, aren't they? Absolutely. I, and I think I will add to that. I think that that actually uh, translates into how they treat other people as well. Because mm. if they learn that they're not the center of the universe, 
that actually others need to be taken into consideration. That maybe this time, um, look, with this, we, we would like to go here. We'd like to do this. And next time, we'll do what you'd like to do. Uh, that translates into dealing with other people. Because there are times when they're going to want to do something that impacts other people around them that aren't us negatively. And uh, they will have been trained to think of others before themselves mm -hmm. if, if we'll approach it, as you said. Mm -hmm. Right. Is that your final thought, or do you I, have another if one? If we have time, I'll, I'll add just a, <laughs> I'll add a thought. I, I, ju I guess my, uh, my concluding thought was, was going to be that, you know, we, we, as, as parents, um, we are imperfect. And, and we look back, and we, it's, such a, it's a challenge that we, we all face, that we struggle with, okay? So um, we're on the same boat. But I, I guess I feel like we shouldn't, we shouldn't look at parenting as, um, as a matter of perfectionism. Because in our society, you know, we listen to music, and it's been mixed and remixed in a studio. Mm. So we listen to perfection. So when somebody plays a guitar and isn't perfect, we think, wow, that's not very good. But we're comparing it to perfection that, that we listen to on the radio or what have you. And in so many ways like that, we compare ourselves to airbrush perfection in so many ways mm -hmm. that I, I, I think that we can sometimes lose the, the joy of parenting and enjoying our children and savoring them and sometimes goofing up and talking with them saying, I, I know what, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done that, said that. And we go on and, we, and, and so take enjoyment out of what God has given um, as opposed to looking at it as, as one more competition where we compare ourselves with our neighbors, with Facebook, what have you, um, and even with a standard that is not, honestly, a, a standard of perfection that we, we, we can't attain that it's, it's all about going in life and, and doing the best that we can and, and learning as we go along. So um, that's a, a bit of encouragement that I would, mm -hmm. I would add to the mix here. So be willing to just enjoy the opportunity, the process while it lasts. And certainly right. we've got to be able to spend time with our kids or our grandkids to be able to enjoy the process. Because yeah. if we're not with them, we, we don't have that enjoyment opportunity. Fair and true. Right. Fair and true. Gentlemen, thank you both for being on the program here with us today. Thank you for joining us from St. Louis. Dr. Fry. Thank you. Glad thank you didn't you wash away me. in the storms last night. <clears throat> Mr. McNair, welcome back, and thank you again for, for your time and your thoughts as well. God created the roles of parents and grandparents in order for children to be raised in the training and admonition of the Lord, as Deuteronomy talks about. Becoming a successful parent or grandparent is something God wants. And it's something our children and our grandchildren need. In our everyday busy lives, being an intentional or purposeful parent or grandparent is especially important. We have to be thinking, planning, intentionally carrying out efforts to train and educate and guide and love and encourage our children and grandchildren, as we've talked about today. Becoming an excellent parent or grandparent is something we can all achieve. But to do so, we must put in the time and effort to do so. And we must do it now, because children do grow up far too quickly. For more detailed insights into how to become excellent parents and grandparents, we encourage you to read our free booklet on Successful Parenting God's Way. You can order or download it free of charge at tomorrowsworld.org. And this booklet is very interesting. It's helpful. It's focused mostly on parents, but it's a transition that grandparents can make too. Many of these principles that are talking to parents can be used by grandparents as well. To find out some more solutions to today's pressing issues, be sure to join us each week here on TW Now. Next week, we plan to look into the death of the environment. You won't want to miss our program. 
Also, please, invite, we invite you to uh, subscribe, like, or share today's program. Have a great week.